Hello everybody and welcome to episode 70 of Operation Retroshock. I am one of your hosts, Alan Price, and once again alongside me, as always, is... I am Chris Fint, and I am happy because we're here to talk about my favourite classic Doctor, the third Doctor, Mr. John Pertwee. Way to burst my bubble off the intro. Well, I that was me going to build him up and everything That's for you. That's all right. No, because then you could do that for your own doctor whenever yes. we go- get on to uh, Colin Baker. This is indeed true. So yes, third Doctor time. John Pertwee, Mister Cravat himself, and the Cape. Yes. And uh, we have another fantastic episode to have a chin wag about for you boys and girls, and uh, that is the terror. Terror, as the Americans would say. Terror. Terror of the Autons. Yes, I've Alan's been making lists or notes here, so I have to read them. So episode one is Master's Horse Box Tardis. So yes, obviously that's how the episode opens, effectively. Yeah. Is that we uh, are at the circus, and then we see miraculously out of nowhere we hear that uh, amazing noise that we signify with a Tardis, but. It is not a regular TARDIS, it is a mobile horse box. Yes, it is. And yeah. who pops out of it? The Master. The Master himself, played by Roger Delgado, the absolute legend that is Mr. Twirl Mustache. Yes. I, I just think I, it's always nice when you get these sort of wee throwbacks in classic Doctor Who because we're just used to it. I think it's almost something that we kind of miss in modern Who is that we don't have someone rocking up in yeah in a different artist yeah yeah it's a case of they're trying like the master's trying to get the doctor's tardis Mm -hmm. that's what i've seen from the likes of utopia and what have you exactly um the next point is the opening exchange between joe and the doctor the doctor you talk about this one (laughs) the, the doctor is trying to um sort out the dematerial as i dematerialization circuit of my mouth would work um, from his TARDIS and he's trying to do some soldering on it and it kind of goes on fire and Joe Grant comes in and puts a fire extinguisher on it and calls her something like a ham, clam-fisted ham and egger or something yeah, or something like that. and says like only the tea lady and brigadiers uh, brigadiers security, security staff, staff are allowed in here I'm your new assistant and just the doctor's face is like oh no it is as if, the uh, it's just like the look on his face is just hilarious and that's the, um, this is actually Joe Grant's first appearance um, in Doctor Who which was kind of nice because I don't think Alan had seen that before. I don't think you'd seen this one I'd before seen, I'd seen clips of it yeah but you hadn't seen but it I hadn't seen the full thing okay. so it was nice to see actually get to see her debut in it and it was like you say very very funny to just see Pertwee's reaction to her because he just he knows she's a lot more simple than what he's been used to yeah uh, the next one is the soundtrack obviously with this being set in the the 70s you know the soundtrack's a bit techno in inverted yeah. commas you know like it's, it's very that electronic yeah it's kind of like I'll just stuff. keep my finger on this note for like about five minutes and see what happens and then I'll press some other Yes, you know piano. Quick succession. Yeah, so it's certainly it's not one that you'd be rushing out to buy after you know listening yeah. to Murray Gold's fantastic. Exactly. Um, so we've got here uh, Masters aggressive controlling and Hypno Master in the same thing. Yeah, it's basically the Masters a very aggressive individual, but also the fact that uh, we see him demonstrate numerous times throughout this story that stare which Chris is actually in fact trying to give you you will obey you will obey um 
I think there's probably a t-shirt out there I would love that just like that someone's got like a t-shirt that just says obey on it and it's just like the master staring I think <coughs> that would be quite entertaining bless you <coughs> bless you child. I will sneeze instead of obeying but um it's 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 quite funny because you were saying like Hypnotoad like Futurama yeah. links and all but I think it's a cool idea in that the master has this just this wee extra trick up his sleeve that you know he just is able to bend people to his ways but as we do see slightly later on not everybody can be yeah, manipulated exactly. by yeah exactly it's him. like the Jedi mind trick in a sense you know. a weak mind yep um, so we have the brigadier and doctor talking about replacing Joe. Um, so doctor says, you know, he wants somebody competent. Obviously, Liz Shaw was a hard act to follow, and the brigadier says, like, um, um, Miss Sh- Shaw says that all you needed was somebody to pass you your tools and tell you how brilliant you are. And jo- Miss Grant fills that void. Yeah. A- admirably and he says well she won't do you and well I'll reassign her but you need to tell her and then she comes walking through the door Hi. and the doctor's like Miss Grant um, I think we need to and then it's a case of well thanks very much and kind of just you know you see the brigadier with a smirk on his face as if to say like it's All ba- right. basically he backs out he doesn't, have, yeah. he doesn't have the guts to fire her basically um, so and where this is kind of set is there's kind of like a satellite control and the master's already been there and like has set things up with the nesting egg you know you would say and has actually shrunk somebody down who fits in a lunchbox and has wiped somebody's mind so um the doctor goes up to the top but there's like a a booby trap whereas if he opens the door a bomb will fall and it'll blow everything up yeah. so he catches it and takes it back to the lab but he's wearing a fancy apron and fancy gloves mm-hmm. and you've put here doctor and his fancy apron yes doctor and his fancy apron just it's so it was quite funny because he, he has he has the fancy sort of marigolds on as well he has uh, sort of the silver sort of gloves too yeah uh, master wipes Joe mind so she doesn't remember seeing him so um, the master um, talks to Joe um, whenever Joe is kind of snipping around and makes a noise the master sees her um, brings her into the office and um, says that you will deliver this um, present uh, so to speak for the doctor and she repeats it and goes like and once you finish that you'll have no memory of me or no memory of the guy stand beside the master and so we leave we leave that episode with um joe bringing that in and mike yates trying to get rid of it he she punches mike yates in the stomach and the doctor picks up the bomb and throws it out the window and luckily there's an ocean outside and it goes in there and explodes and oh, yeah. my initial response was what well, did i hear seagulls and it yeah. was literally you just hear the bomb go careering out the window and you just hear all these seagulls squawking yes exactly and uh, joe is then in a hip- hypnomatics um psychosomatic state or whatever it's Ooh, called well remembered that's close I think, enough I, I think, think it was that um, so episode 2 obviously we said about the doctor disposing the bomb out the window uh, there's a fella from Northern Ireland Locke gets at by an inflatable chair so he, the master tells him to sit in the chair he sits on it and it kind of folds over and kind of it, it just like I could, see this is the thing right as us as adults looking at that we find that hilariously yeah. funny in its aspect and you're like oh look he's pulling it over on himself and stuff but see, as a kid, that would scare the living daylight out of you. Especially if you're sitting in something like a beanbag or something yeah. like that. Because, like, what's this made out of? Mm-hmm. Plastic. All right, I don't want to sit in that. Sit in the floor instead. Yeah, it really would just scare the daylight out of you. 
so the doctor interrogates Joe about where she was hypnotized because she comes out of the state and she's saying about you know she brought the bomb in and she's like doctor doctor it's like calm down Joe everyone's here look around we're all safe and you know like do you remember where you were hypnotized it was like an officer was phone in a desk do you remember where it was no and um that was that was that really so uh the doctor goes to the circus to try and find um one of the um people from the satellite station who's gone missing who's under the master's control mm -hmm. and she's in the back seat hiding under a blanket or whatever yeah so um he actually the doctor discovers a master's tardis and he's kind of listening to it and he gets captured and before joe, he can do anything with yeah it. and joe kind of saves the, the day um because he's kind of um there's like a big giant dude basically like the way you've seen at you know circuses and festivals and all there's always like this sort of man of you know strength sort of yeah. thing he's kind of dressed up in that sort of like cheetah loincloth -y style yeah. stuff so uh, Joe sees that she just runs over to the phone to get in touch with the brigadier and let him know the situation and the brigadier says Miss Grant you'll stay where you are and the next shot is Miss Grant going around to where the doctor is being held captive and smacks the guy over the head with like the, a the doctor can kind of see her through the window and kind of shakes his head and then waits for the other guy to go and then mm -hmm. does that um so the guy who um they has gone missing comes in with a grenade and goes like your name is such and such you must resist you must resist and he goes out and then the doctor says joe get down so they lie down you hear <gasps> the bomb but then we noticed something that john Pertwee did and it uh, was very it caught it was caught us quite off guard. I think. Katie Manning is lying on her front, and you can now, and you can clearly see her trousers and stuff yeah. like that. You can clearly see that her rear end is visible. Yeah, and you shot. just hear you just hear a, and it's a case of John Pertwee has just smacked her ass twice, as if to say we're okay. It's not a case right, of okay, her head, let's go, or her back or anything like that. It's her backside that she he's done to. Um, Naughty John. So he gets up. And they get up and then they go in to um no he goes yes. at, he so goes to the TARDIS. he goes to the TARDIS to get the dem uh, dem that circuit dematerialization circuit okay. I just can't say it um he gets that circuit and um he says like I've got what I came for I said not a moment too soon and you see the um the circus folk attacking um the, the doctor and joe as and well we, and then we think the police have come to the rescue but it's not the police it's there at all police but meanwhile back at the um the factory um the owner's father has arrived yes and he is kind of um really annoyed that the master is kind of you know talking to his yeah. son manipulate them yeah and um the master says well here have this it's one of our new products and he says it's hideous and it's basically like a little devil like, devil toy you know like a kind of like a miniature teddy and the doctor or the master puts up the heat in his car and puts it in the back seat so whenever the heat rises it'll actually come to life mm -hmm. so um on episode three the master actually says that he admires the doctor as an adversary yeah says that he's quite clever and things like that but you know like he he's kind of said well we'll do this you know like and that'll leave the doctor to the circus and then we'll set this trap for him yeah you know exactly um so the doctor it meanwhile is in the back of the police car well what we think is the police yes. but it turns out they're two autons and uh the brigadier and 
um, Yates, no. Yates come to save them and we see then the the doctor shouts bullets won't hurt, harm them because yes. you made of plastic so Yates gets in a car <laughs> this, this was brilliant and hits one of the autons and the auton kind of just obviously it's like a stuntman but just it's like, a hell of, this is set in a quarry so it's a hell of a hill he's like rolling down gets up kind of does a wee bit of surfing and then, and then, then, and then it gets down to the bottom and then it gets up and you're How like that man got up so quickly I have no idea just anybody in their right mind even though you're a stuntman and know how to you know fall so to say mm-hmm. you would have been dying with pain yep so um, the doctor tries to fix the demon dematerialization unit dematerialization I just can't say it circuit with the one from the masters the masters is a mark 2 whereas the doctors is a mark 1 so he's actually upgrading as well but that's why it goes poof and there's smoke and all coming out of the TARDIS so the doctors actually qualified in practically everything you know because we see that actually in the the Triton one that we watched um last time that they say you're like what are you a doctor of are you a doctor of science or are you a doctor of philosophy and she went like and he goes well it depends who's science and it depends on who's philosophy yeah you know so um kind of just safeguarding there um but i thought it is it's quite it very much backs up the sort of personality of pertwee's doctor Mm -hmm. he's very confident of himself and as has been said in shows about the third doctor he is definitely the sort of doctor that sees him as far superior to the human race and far superior to the other doctors that mm-hmm. we'll see in like the two the three doctors and the five doctors exactly. as well um so the doctor actually gets the devil devil auton and examines it so gets a scalpel and forceps and um cuts down but says because it's made of plastic he can't do anything and asks joe if she can make like a an authorized like a an order um, like over the phone Aye, for stuff, yeah. but before that we've had some engineering to fix the phones who's been ID'd numerous times and um, we see Yates Mike Yates um, looking at the phone line and saying well everything's okay so away he goes so she phones and places the order there and then we have the daffodil cliffhanger where the I think where it's meant to end I don't know if that's right where that ended wherever he went that you know here's this i think it was meant to end with the daffodil joe's messing about with the um radio mm-hmm. to radio to the brigadier to say ask them to give him more time and the daffodil comes to life because it's made of plastic no, that's, that's the fo- that's the final episode yes that. but but that may i think that's i don't know whether that was right and that oh, right, episode yeah oh, right, okay, I so it. i think i was meant to end with that shooting the plastic over joe's face right okay, i think i was meant to end because then there's a plastic that kind of just fits over her mouth and over her nose mm-hmm. so um that's kind of where that ends so um the doctor manages to get that off with like a spray and says like within two minutes you'd be passed out within 10 minutes you'd be dead so that's that's See, we quite honest. That's quite a long time to die if you're not breathing. You exactly, that's what I thought. Logically, yeah, someone would be dead within a minute or two. Mm-hmm. Well, there's like a slow suffocation or something mm. like that. Who knows? Um, so the doctor um, is then on the phone, 
and the phone line this, comes this up. Was hilarious. The phone line comes alive and kind of ra- starts wrapping around it because the auton can't possess anything because it's made of plastic. Because basically, the doctor was on the phone to the master, and the master like fires a little, you know, like frequency yes, down the yeah, phone line. Yeah, and um, then it kind of ties around him, and he says, "Brigadier, Brigadier, help!" So Brigadier comes in, and you know, like it's just a facial expressions of John Pertwee, and you see him pulling the the Brigadier pulling the connection out, and he says like. Um, the brigadier says, "It appears I've uh, cut your connection, doctor," and it, it's just part of his face, it's and just it's just like, like, "Oh my lord!" It's just like, "Oh really? It's time for puns?" And just like, "No, it's not the time, brigadier, or very, very droll brigadier, <laughs> something like that." Um, so the master and the doctor discuss the plan because they're in the same room as well, and Joe comes in and says that they're they're at the quarry, and um, because the master says he's going to kill Joe. And says like the doctor then goes to bluff about the dematerialization yeah, unit and, and stuff says like, like you can't get off Earth without this. You kill me, I'll drop this, and you'll not be able to get off it. And um, so Joe, was, Joe lets the cat out the bag that the RAF are coming. Yes, exactly. So the master brings Joe and the doctor back to the radio place. Um, I think they actually go to the cavern first or the quarry. Ah, it's Joe and uh, the doctor go to the quarry first mm-hmm. and then then that's where the master then takes yeah. them from is there yeah. because um, because obviously uh the brig has to call off the raf yeah so you've wrote here as well uh what is it with the master in tall places exactly what is it with the master in tall places because obviously we know the fact that tom baker ends up dying as a result of being in an extremely tall place yeah which is not too master. not too far away from you know like in terms of looks of what this one is exactly that's know? that's what you know watching this i was just going this is very you know it resembles so much the idea of what happens to tom baker mm-hmm. it's ridiculous and it's just you see towards the end of this episode the master running up the tall sort of tower and you're, i'm just going this just it just feels completely like what's going to happen in the future it's just all sort of weird foreshadowing so the doctor warns the nesting won't determine who is who and the master's in trouble so it's a case of the master kind of then thinks and then self-preservation yeah and then thinks right we need to reverse this so he helps the doctor reverse it and it kind of goes all slow and then the nesting kind of go away so and the autons all collapse yeah exactly so um the then you see um, the where the van is. The door opens and the master comes out with his hands held high. And um, he's like, "Don't trust him." He says, "Don't trust him." And Yitz then pulls a gun and shoots because he's got a gun. And it turns out it's not the master at all. But the son of the yeah. factory owner. And then the master gets stuck on earth. But the master then tries to round, uh, run the doctor over with the van, and um, and the final. Um, kind of speech is like well then the master's stuck on earth and so are you doctor for the time being and he says I'm and the doctor says i'm looking forward to it you know like i'm looking forward to more another challenge to see what he brings me next time exactly so where would you rate this you know being a pertwee fan in the grand scheme of his stories would this be one of the better ones we see obviously spearhead from space is kind of the same bad guy you yes. know like the autons and then i think the autons were only really seen in part way until they brought them back in Eccleston yeah so um, it's a good story and I always love the fact that I think that's what makes me love part way so much is because Joe Grant is one of my <coughs> it was probably up there with 
you know, Sarah Jane in terms of my favourite companion. Mm-hmm. Um, not just in terms of looks, because I always thought that back in the day, you know, like watching it now, that mm-hmm. she was like a cracking looking mm-hmm. woman. Um, I would have smacked her ass. Like for the so like I, yeah. I think you were quite taken aback by that scene simply because you were jealous of John. It kind of a little bit, yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, I just feel that you know she was a very feisty companion. Um, but I love the fact that unit, you know, like you have, like I said, you know, like on the last episode, you know, like if you think we had um, the third Doctor, we had Joe, we had the Brigadier, we had Sergeant Benton, we had Yates, and we had the Master. So there's six strong characters mm-hmm. all in the same episode. And they know? didn't feel out of place, right? No, it wasn't a case of somebody was cutting in somebody else's screen time. Mm-hmm. They all deserved to be there, you know, and things like that. So I think that's why I enjoy the Pertwee ones the most mm-hmm. um, obviously not all of them revolve around Unit and then there's certain episodes that will go back to Unit say like Robot which will be Tom Baker's first one or Battlefield which will be yes. one of McCoy's or certain ones like the um, Suntaran Sky or the Suntaran Stratagem or Poison Sky sorry and Tenant's era was to do with Unit um, but there's not that many now which is, is kind of sad um, I think I think we may I think we could see maybe a wee bit of a resurgence of unit and modern Doctor Who coming up here because they're going to be involved in the fiftieth anniversary. Mm-hmm. So they are, and it seems now that they're kind of they're happy that they have someone that's going to be playing the Briggs' daughter. Well, that's fine with me. And she's in charge of units. So I think with the way Capaldi's going to be an older Doctor, we could maybe see a wee bit more cooperation with unit. You never know, but. Let's pull things back and uh, do what we have done in the last two episodes, and that is compare a few things with the previous episodes that we've had. Now, obviously, I don't have to ask you the question of who do you prefer as <laughs> you know the Doctor out of the first three Doctors. That's a given. Yeah. But who do you think of the first two comes closest to Pertwee? Triton. Triton. Yeah. Yeah. I think Triton is more. Um, for me, Hartnell is more surly. You know, yes. like he's more. He can be very. You know, like like. I'm, this is going to sound terrible, but as you grow older, your patience grows smaller. Yes. So it's a case of you know, like you'd see, um, Triton being more jolly and more comedic. Yes. Whereas obviously there was a few things that the Doctor had done in that episode that we actually laughed at. You know, like yes, there was true. a comedy factor there. But I think Triton probably was a good transition into Pertwee, yes. and then obviously Pertwee and the Baker. Because they are, they're all three very distinctly different doctors. Yeah, like, yeah but you, you know, still have that element of humour there. But that's mm-hmm. something that we'll talk more on in the next episode to do with Tom Baker because yeah. of the transition between them. I think what will be the biggest leap will be from Baker to Davison. Yes. I think that will be probably one of the biggest talking Which points that we'll actually one have. Of the things that has been discussed in documentaries, but we leave that for obviously the fifth Doctor episode. But I know I would agree with you that. Uh, the Triton would definitely be the one that I would uh, prefer from the first two. You know, mm-hmm. um, Pertwee. The more and more I watch him, the more and more I enjoy things. So I do. Just it is kind of funny and laughing and seeing him be the sort of you know I'm the bee's knees effectively. Mm-hmm. You know I'm the dog's cojones. Yeah, he has that opinion of himself. But um, I would have to say that. Now, this is hard for me to say. Oh. I don't think that Pertwee would have been as good as a doctor if it wasn't for Nicholas Portney. 
I, that's a fair shout. I, I think, think if he didn't shout. have him to bounce off, because of the fact that the majority of his travels were all based in in London, mm-hmm. were all based on Earth. On Earth if yeah. you didn't have that unit thing there, I don't think the Doctor would have been yeah. as strong. Obviously, you would have had still a good companion, but then if you look at Tennant, Tennant had, say, um, Rose, and then he had Mickey, and he had Rose's mum, and then had Captain Jack. And then had you know like you had miss you know like he had, had, a, had, had like a revolving door, whereas and I'm not saying that anything to take away from Tenant, but mm-hmm. I'm just saying Tenant has strong characters to point off, yes. and that's the same with Pertwee. Mm-hmm. I think that's what makes me um, appreciate him more is the fact that Unit was an integral part of that, and that's things that they've said in documentaries and things was that um, they didn't want it to be somebody stale yes. or whatever like that because obviously we'd had Lethbridge Stewart in the Web of Fear one with, mm-hmm. and he's a colonel and whenever you see um, whenever you see um, them talking um, whenever you see I think it's the second doctor still talking to him and he says no it's Lethbridge I got a promotion so you see the progression of the character there yes. it's not he's not a throwaway character mm-hmm. and um, you know like if if the, if this had been if Pertwee had been around now, I think we would have got like we got a Sarah Jane spin off. I think we would have got a Brigadier spin off. I'd say that's probably a very good shout. Uh, one final thing before we round up, uh, it's another thing we've talked about in the first two episodes of the these Doctor uh, specific episodes, and that is the companions. Mm-hmm. Now we won't branch out here and go to the likes of Yates and all that sort of stuff yeah. we'll stick to the fact that the Doctor's main companion in this is going to be Joe mm-hmm. so how do you think Joe rates in the grand scheme of things to the likes of Susan Barbara or Victoria that we've um, had in she's, she's my favourite out of all of them so she is because she's so whenever you first meet her you're like oh my god this like is such he, a ditzy yeah but then you hear her like coming in and she's saying you know like oh I've got you know, Doctor, I've done this and I've done that and I've done this, and the Doctor's like, "Oh right, thanks, thank you, Miss Grant." You know, and um, you can see he's starting to take a shine to her. Mm-hmm. She's, he's not, she's not just there to pass him his tools and go like, "Oh, Doctor, you're great." Mm-hmm. She's along for the ride. Yes, and you can see that she's a strong character because whenever um, the plastic goes in her mouth and she starts to struggle, then you know it's a case of he. Um, the Doctor says. Are you okay? And she says, "Yes, Joe. Could you do this for me?" And names there to do this and do that. And she went, "Yes, Doctor. That's fine. I'll do that." And then she goes, "Like, are you okay, Joe?" And she went, "Yes, I am. And thank you, Doctor. You know, so you could see that the, she care, wants the caring is probably yeah, exactly. Big so that's why you know, like her and Sarah Jane are the two big parts for um, Pertwee's era. But um, they're both really strong in their own right. But I just like both of them. Um, but obviously, Sarah Jane is one that we can see in Tom Baker's one, yes. the way that we see her in a Tom Baker one for our review has uh, yet to be determined. It is, it's a to be determined on that front, but no I do agree with you, if you put all the female companions that we've encountered so far in our you know watchings, it would definitely have to be a case of, even though this is her first episode, mm-hmm. Joe comes out extremely strong in comparison to the others because in my opinion, each of the previous ones that we've kind of seen all have a mega weakness that yeah. we haven't really liked. You know, Barbara probably the least of the you know earlier ones, but it's still a case of you know Susan was a glaring one, was very sort of whiny again, but not to the extent of Victoria. Yeah, 
whereas Victoria was just the total you're like oh yeah. no um, whereas like you say Joe came in and you hear the voice and you see the mannerisms you're like oh, this is going to be someone who's really really ditzy and it's going to be horrible and then the progression between her and the Doctor simply in this one arc mm-hmm. of a story she completely changes in terms of his eyes and you see that in fact she's extremely useful to the doctor yes yeah and it isn't going to be one of those ones that's just like no let's not do that yeah i want to you know i want to stay at home sort yeah, of thing exactly yeah but yeah that's going to do us for mr pertwee is it it, it is indeed can we not do more pertwee maybe in the future yeah or, or is it the past no maybe after the 50th we'll revisit our our favorite doctors with an episode It'll probably have to be a wee while, but we will. 60th, it's, it's 60th one. <laughs> the 61st, yay! But um, that's going to do it for our third Doctor uh, specific episode. Mr. John Pertwee with his flowing cape flying through the air and such. Uh, which means only one thing that the next episode is going to be arguably one of the most popular doctors in the show's history the uh, crazy and uh, excitable Tom Baker Um, as usual we're not going to disclose the episode that we're uh, going to uh, choose for that uh, one so you'll just have to wait and find out uh, in the next episode in a number of days time so uh, as always I've been Alan Price I've been Chris Vint and uh, we'll see you next time for episode 71, which is our fourth Doctor special. See you then. Mm-hmm.